Hey everybody, my name is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio Sunday Edition. Thanks to everyone who has listened to the podcast lately. I Like I keep saying, I always really appreciate you guys, so you know, keep listening. I'm going to keep talking, that's for sure. Um, but I wanted to talk about something really interesting, an, an interesting concept. Not it's, it's not only an anime, but it is... Is unique as an understood entertainment thing in anime specifically, lately. And that's what's referred to as a star system. Now, I probably hear some, some of the listeners are probably like, oh, he's talking about star systems. This is cool. Other listeners are probably like, the hell? Star? Like, why are we talking about space? Is he about to talk a whole lot about Gurren Lagann? Um... But star system, for any listeners who don't know, is a concept that was popularized by the person who popularized a lot of the things that pervade, especially manga these days, also anime, but especially manga, and that is Osamu Tezuka. People regard him as the godfather of modern manga. That's just not true. <laughs> like it, it, There are all kinds of places that manga came from and he is one that like the concepts that make manga right now came from and he is one but he is by no means the godfather he is the godfather of overworked mangaka who die of who, who die of overwork that's basically what he popularized he popularized the breakneck pace at that demanded from manga authors because he was the way he was and the industry adapted to the sheer popularity of his work and said, okay, what if everybody, you know, drew pages at this breakneck freaking pace? Um, now, what, but the one thing that Osama Tezuka did that made that easier on himself is he developed what later became known as a star system. And that means that he uses many of the same designs, many of the same character designs, whole cloth, across all of his work. Sometimes it's the same character, but oftentimes it's just the design. And what that means is you can, like, you can see Blackjack in places that are not Blackjack. You can see characters from all of Tezuka's manga in each other constantly. Um, and that creates this weird that creates this weird shared universe that's not a shared universe because that combined with the um, the Tezuka's unique style means that you're always kind of living in this slight deja vu whenever you read Tezuka manga after you've read the first one you read. <laughs> and it's, so to give you an idea, if you've ever seen um, the Osama Tezuka, uh, Osama, the Osama Tezuka um, adaptation that was directed by somebody else, I forget who, um, of Metropolis, 
I'm pretty sure Rock is just one of the star, it's just a star system character design. Like, that's all he is. You can find him in other Tezuka manga all over the place. I'm pretty sure. And what that does is, A, it creates this unique signature for an artist other than just their style because many artists have a style that lends strong similarity to their character design, but they're not straight up just like picking up a book of character designs that's like 10 years old and dusting it off and saying like, okay, I'll use this one for the main character and this one for like a girl in a cafe and this one will be the, will be the side tick. Like that's a different that's a different flow of creativity. And it's not it's not that they're repeating themselves, it's that they have an affinity for how they want to use these character designs going through their work. Now, another variation of this is a shared universe where the characters in one big universe just, uh, just exist in the same place. And it's like you're shifting the frame of focus like just to the left or just to the right and you see like a character from this or a character from that and it's all by the same creator um a great variation of this is um Ayazawa's work if you look at much of her work it all clearly takes place in the same version of Tokyo and the reason why I say that is because if you watch any of her stuff um, from Neighborhood Stories that's been adapted to anime, from Neighborhood Stories to, um, let's say, Nana, and let's say um, Paradise Kiss is in the middle there, you'll notice that there are, sim- that there are very similar institutions in, in all three in all three um, adaptations, in um, for for instance, in Neighborhood Stories and in Nana, they all go to the same bar, which actually hilariously just it just is a bar, a burger joint that used to exist in um, New York City that closed many years before the pandemic, but I'm sure the last ones are now just like dead and buried, but it. This place used to be called Jackson Hole, and the original one was somewhere on, um, like, Fifth Avenue, and it was just this, like, really punk rock, like, burger joint that made pretty good burgers. The other ones were not super great, like, when they franchised out, it didn't, it didn't hold up, necessarily, but that original one was very good, (laughs) and, um, what ended up so what ends up happening there is you end up encountering characters much in the same way you would encounter star system characters throughout all of her shows. And the kind of progenitor show, the first, the first puzzle piece in that scenario is Neighborhood Stories. Neighborhood Stories is where you meet Mikako and where you meet um, what's-his-face, Mikako's eventual husband. And later on in Paradise Kiss, you meet, um, you, and you also you also meet hilariously a lot of the instructors at Yazagaku Art Academy. 
which is like uh, art college, which is like an important catch-all thing that is in every single like um, Ayazawa work that's super popular and well known. And so you meet the you meet the settings of Yadagaku art art college and um, Jackson and Jackson Hole in what's it called in neighborhood stories and then you go forward into um paradise kiss and most of the main characters are studying at yadagaku art college and then you go to nana and they hang out at jackson hall and a whole section of the of the supporting cast and also one of the main, a whole section of the supporting cast in that show goes to Yadagaku Art Academy, Art College. And what, a Yadagaku University, I think they call it in all the shows. And what that does is it gives you this weird immediate familiarity with the world, but also with that art academy, they carry over all of the diff- all of the instructors. So, like the drawing instructor in Neighborhood Stories is also the drawing instructor in Nana. Years later, um, the, in Paradise Kiss, the, the drawing instructor, the um, sewing instructors who um, work with all the who work with the um, who work with all the cast are the sewing instructors from neighborhood stories. And the the thing with like a start with a true star system though is is that it oftentimes it goes unmentioned. And in um in um uh, Osama Tezuka's case, it's like super clear that you're like, oh, that's a star system character. Like, once you see the character design once, when you see it again, you're like, oh, that's a star system character. Like, I I have to erase, I have to at least erase some amount of my knowledge about this character because he's just reusing the character design. In um, Ayanawa's case, she's pulling these characters forward, so she has to do less work on each series because of where she wants to spend the focus on like building up a world constantly and making a world and pulling characters forward like that make you feel like the world comes pre-populated does that make any sense like um in the same way that if you played um Cyberpunk 2077 on, say, Stadia instead of on um, Xbox. You saw more people in the city, and the city felt more real and alive. If you can pull things forward from previous series to establish a base of world building for your next show, then it will make it will make people familiar with the work with your world and the way that you're depicting it and it like it it grounds it in a really specific way one of the reasons why a lot of like shows show the president at the time 
like on TV or just incidentally is because they want to like ground you to a period of time. Like um, in Yoshiki, that like old man robot show that was on um, Amazon of some time ago, they like showed Trump very specifically to give you an idea of what time period it is and what it's like in the world. And oftentimes when you're using a like, I'm going to call it a like a repeating star system is what I'm going to call it. When you're using a repeating star system, that's what you're doing, but you're doing it in universe for yourself and you're giving something to people who have spent a lot of time um, watching specifically your content. So if you watch, um, if you watch neighborhood stories, you get the kind of Easter egg of like the the names of the teachers, the like name the name of a character who pops up later in um, like in like the second to last episode of this of the of that six episode show. Um, who's just a building manager and they focus on him. And like, he, he straight up says like, if you don't know who I am and you want, like they have a voiceover by his character. It's just that if you don't know who I am and you'd like to go read, go pick up a copy of neighborhood stories at your local manga seller, which by the way, neighborhood stories is very hard to find because <laughs> it's old. And it's, like, not necessarily the best-looking thing, but, like, you you can watch it. It is, it is of the period of the late 70s, early 80s, or mid-80s, probably, when it was made, is what I will say. Um, so that's another version of how you can use star system mechanics to to tell a story and as storytelling tools. But then there's Hiro Mashima, the author of Raid Master. And if if you've been bumping around anime for a while, you already know. You already know what I'm about to talk about. And the, um, his new the new show that he's responsible for that's coming out um, this, this upcoming season that's like a sci-fi show pushes this even farther. But Hiromashima, what Hiromashima loves to do is he loves to use straight up use whole cloth characters as totally different things like from show to show to show to show to show. The most the clearest version of that and this is the most successful i think i've ever seen this um is plue in rave master plue is like a it's like the mascot character and there's something that's like something important about him in rave master but then in um in uh in fairy tale the next like big popular thing he's like 
he's a salmon for, that um Lucy finds basically, and it's like she's like, huh? I, like he's you weird and cute, but eh. And he becomes a mascot character. He becomes a mascot character alongside like Happy for the fairy tale universe. And what he's doing is he's asking, acting basically as a, as Hiromashima's star system mascot. And now he's in um, Hiromashima's new, um, new, new show that he's putting out. And in addition to that, that show is reusing the character design for Edward Scarlet. It's it's reusing the character design, I think, for Lucy. And it, it when you go watch the preview, it's called like something zero. Um, it's a it's a sci-fi show. It seemingly has nothing to do with fairy tale, but it has. It makes it very clear that these are not the same characters like plucked out of that universe and put in that universe. It's literally the character design and then the personality like stripped away from them and then another personality applied on top of them. And that's really the truest form of a star system. And the reason why I want to talk about this in relationship to anime is because it's a thing that anime can do in a unique and interesting way because so much of the personality that you remember about a character is not the visual it is not the visual representation of that character it is i mean certainly that's there in like the character design how they express themselves but like the base the baseline body form does not usually project a ton of personality so if you say palette swaps that character and you say like oh she's still Ezra scarlet but she wears like a you know, space trooper uniform now. You can reapply a different personality to that character, and you're basically asking the viewer if they've seen, um, let's say, if they've seen Fairy Tale, like just, just, just give us an episode to tell you who this character is now. We know that you know it from this thing, we want you to understand that this is a different character in this thing now. And um, the one of the like upcoming anime videos that I watched, because I watched a bunch of them because they all talk about different animes that they're hyped for as if those are the end-all be-all big anime about to come out, <laughs> said like, apparently Ezra has a identical twin in space. And that's really the best way to think about star system um, characters is um, as opposed to shared world characters is um, you, you you're seeing like long lost relatives or something. You're not seeing that character copy and pasted even if that that design is clearly that thing, you're seeing a long-lost relative scenario, not a, oh, this person got bumped on the head and ended up in space. And I just... 
I find it interesting because that new um, Hiromashima show is coming out, that he's the author of the original manga, very clearly not the director. Um, but I just, I wanted, oh, and also, this is another, this is the last variant that I'm going to talk about. Godzilla is a star system character. Now, I know you're like, what the hell do you mean? I mean that Godzilla has been interpreted as the basic, like, maple leaf, maple leaf spined giant radioactive lizard, what shoots a giant laser out of its mouth all over the place. You can find him as part of a, part of a gang of, part of a gang of kids solving mysteries. You can find him as, um, he is in Shin Godzilla. You can, you'll soon be able to find him in the upcoming Godzilla, Godzilla, um, anime going to Netflix. There's a other terrible Godzilla animes that are on Netflix already. Um, did the Matthew Broderick Godzilla 2000. Um, there's that one with Brian Cranston. <laughs> There's so much Godzilla out there, but the basic properties of Godzilla, give or take some character design differences, are the same. Big radioactive lizard with glowy freaking maple leaf spine comes and screws up Tokyo. That is always the same. And the iconic look of Godzilla means that you don't you can't get too far away from Godzilla himself or any of his monsters rogues gallery because people know what they're looking at when they see like oh Godzilla if Godzilla looked like giant evil Barney it would be unsettling in a different way and so that makes him functionally kind of in the vein of a star system character and makes his like rogue gallery in the vein of a star system. Even if it's being interpreted by other directors going forward. Um, and on that note, if you like this podcast, you can subscribe to the podcast in whatever you're using to listen to me right now. And new episodes come out every Thursday and Sunday. And I have been Alex. You've been listening to Lunchbox Radio Sunday edition. And I will talk to you on Thursday.